Hidden Figures, The True Story of Four Black Women in the Space Race by Margot Lee Shelterly and illustrated by Laura Freeman. Dorothy Vaughn, Mary Jackson, Katherine ja Johnson, and Christine Darlin were good at math. Really good. In 1943, the war, United States were at war, World War II. Dorothy Vaughn wanted to serve her country by working for the National Advisory Committee for Astronauts, the government agency that was designed airplanes. Having the best airplanes would help America win the war. Making airplanes fly faster, higher, and safer meant doing a lot of tests at the agency's Langley Laboratory in Hampton, Virginia. Tests meant numbers, and numbers meant math, and math meant computers. Today, we think of computers as machines, but in the 1940s, computers were actual people, like Dorothy, Mary, Catherine, and Christine. Their job was to do math. Because Dorothy was black and a woman, some people thought it would be impossible for her to get a job as a computer. She lived in Virginia, a southern state where laws were segregated or kept apart. Black people and white people, they could not eat in the same restaurants, they could not drink from the same water fountains, and they could not use the same restrooms. They could not attend the same schools, they could not play on the same sport teams. They could not sit near each other in movie theaters, and they could not marry someone of a different race. But Dorothy didn't think it was impossible. She was good at math. Really good. She knew she was the right person for the job. She applied, and the laboratory offered her a position as a computer. At work, blacks and whites were kept apart. The white computers worked in one building, and Dorothy and the other black computers worked in a different building, in their separate office. Even though they worked on the same kinds of assignments, the black computers and the white computers used separate bathrooms and ate in separate lunchrooms. America won the war in 1945, but Dorothy stayed on the job, still trying to make airplanes fly faster and safer. By 1951, the Americans and the Russians were competing to see who could build the best airplanes. That meant more experiments and more numbers. Lots and lots of numbers. And more numbers meant the need for more computers. That's when Mary Jackson got a job at, as a computer at Langley. She worked in a group that tested model airplanes and wind tunnels. A wind tunnel was a machine like a huge metal box with a powerful fan attached. Mary put model airplanes in the wind tunnel and blasted them with air from the fan. This experiment helped her group improve their designs on the models before building full-size airplanes. Mary wanted to become an engineer, but officials said it was impossible. Most of the engineers at the laboratory were men. And to become an engineer, Mary needed to take a high-level math classes, but she wasn't allowed to go inside the white school where those classes were taught. But Mary was good at math, really good, and she refused to give up. She got permission to enter the school building and take the math classes, and she earned good grades. But because she didn't give up, Mary Jackson became the first African-American female engineer at the laboratory. Katherine Johnson was good at math and always asked lots of questions. In 1953, she applied to the laboratory for a computer job and was placed on a team that tested actual planes while they were flying in the air. 
Their research was used to figure out ways they could prevent future plane crashes. In one of her first projects, she learned how to analyze turbulence, or the dangerous gusts of air. No one knew how many lives her works may have saved. Catherine wanted to help the group prepare its group uh, its research reports, so she asked if she could go on to meetings with other experts on our team. Her boss told her it was impossible. Women aren't allowed to attend meetings, he said, but Catherine knew she was good at math as anyone else, maybe better. So she asked him again, and again, and again. Catherine asked her boss so many times that he finally invited her to the meetings. Catherine was good at math, really good. Because she fought to be treated the same as men, she became the first woman in her group to sign her name to one of the group's reports. In 1950s, the Langley Laboratory built a machine, brought a machine computer that could do math faster than the human computers. At first, these machines made mistakes. Dorothy learned how to program these machines so they got it right they got the right answers. She taught the women in her group how to program the computers too. In 1957, Russia launched a satellite known as Sputnik into orbit around the Earth. The United States started building satellites to explore space too. For the years, the laboratory used math to develop airplanes. Now it would need math to create spaceships as well. The government decided to change the agency name from the National Advisory Committee for Aeronautics to the UNA, US, to the National Aeronautics and Space Administration (NASA). In 1961, President John F. Kennedy told Congress, "I believe this nation should commit itself to achieving the goal before this decade is out: landing a man on the moon and returning him safely to Earth." A man on the moon. But the first step to getting a man on the moon was to send an astronaut around the Earth. NASA was going to need to hire more space experts and more people who were good at math. Really good. The people at the laboratory had to work together from morning to night to figure out how to send astronaut John Glenn into space and bring him back to Earth safely. Katherine Johnson knew she could use math to help. Tell me where you want his spaceship to land, and I'll tell you where to launch it, Catherine told her boss. Catherine helped calculate the trajectories or pathways that rockets travel through space. She had, to glue, she had to plan Glenn's exact route, from takeoff to Florida to splashdown in the Atlantic Ocean. There was no room for error. No one was better at Catherine than solving tricky math problems days before his mission. John Glenn wanted Catherine to double-check the machine's computer trajectory calculations to make sure there wasn't any mistakes. When Catherine said the numbers were correct, Glenn was ready to go. On February 20th, 1962, Glenn blasted off into space, circled the Earth, and made his way home safely. Meanwhile, Laws had begun to change so that black and white students could go to school together. Blacks fought for the right to sit beside whites on bus and to drink from the same water fountain. At the laboratory, black and white computers started working together in the same offices and eating from the same lunch tables and using the same bathrooms. White and black movie goers could sit next together, sit next to each other in the same theater. Across the country, people started to think about ways to bring equality to all Americans. 
Christine Darlin was good at math. She loved electronic computers. When she started working in Langley in 67, Catherine, er, Christine wanted to become an engineer. Thanks to Dorothy, Mary, and Catherine, she knew it was possible. Eventually, she became an engineer for the supersonic airplanes, planes that fly faster than the speed of sound. But her first job was to help NASA with its mission to the moon. People at the laboratory prepared for years to send astronauts to the moon. About 2,338,900 miles from the Earth. Finally, on July 20th, 1960, 1969, the world started to watch as three men arrived in the moon on their Apollo 11 spacecraft. That's one small step for man and one giant leap for mankind said astronaut Neil Armstrong when he stepped onto the dusty surface. But it was also a giant leap for Dorothy, Mary, Catherine, and Christine, and all of the other computers and engineers who had worked at the laboratory over years. The moon landing was a success from takeoff to splashdown, but there was no time to rest. Once NASA had landed the astronauts on the moon, the people at the laboratory began dreaming of sending humans to other planets such as Mars, Jupiter, or Saturn. They started imagining hyper-fast space planes that could travel around the Earth at several, seven times the speed of sound. The next adventure won't be easy, and it will require lots of tests and lots more numbers. But Dorothy, Mary, Catherine, and Christine knew that one thing. With hard work, perseverance, and a love of math, anything was possible.